Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gimnick. And I'm Paul Tevis. Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is, how did we get here? So one of the things about uh, complex systems generally, but human systems absolutely, is that their history matters, right? You can't just look at the current conditions and decide what you should do. Uh, because the, the way that that system works, the way it evolves, the way those people interact with each other is flavored and is influenced by the past, by the history of the system, by the context that the system is existing in. And what's often challenging is when new people come into a system, come into a group who don't have that context, who don't understand how did we get here? And as it turns out, as humans, we're not necessarily good at providing useful levels of context for people. It is very easy to fall into the too much, very easy to fall into the too little, um, and often very easy to fall into the not at the right time uh, traps. So we want to explore a little bit today how we can provide more useful context to people um, when we're working in groups, when we're when we're living in that space between, uh, to really help us work more effectively together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I want to provide some context for this by saying that one of the reasons I find this really important is that context actually helps us regulate our nervous systems. Mm -hmm. So when we land in that place of not having the context that we need, all sorts of triggers go off. Um, you know, and what you're saying when, it, when you're a new person and that's why you don't have it, the, the lack of belonging, the will I fit in here, like all of that triggers. Um, but just the, I don't know enough, I don't feel safe. Like it doesn't seem like a little bit of information would shift all of that, but neurologically it actually does. Mm -hmm. And so be thinking for me, I find it useful to be thinking about what is the context that gets everybody fully into the room and present because then they get here well enough regulated that all of their faculties are on board they're able to think about what they're thinking make decisions change their mind about things be in relational spaces all that stuff that we do when we're neurologically regulated and we don't do well when we're not and context is one of the big pieces that helps us do that mm -hmm. and the, the other thing is that um, different people have different desires slash needs for context. So I'm a high context person, right? I could do nothing but tell me more about what's going on here. I don't understand this. Explain that part, right? Um, and uh, one of the challenges for me is actually learning to regulate my nervous system when I have less than I normally would like. Mm -hmm. um, and actually being able to go, okay, I can't, because this is one of the challenges. We can't understand everything. Right. We can't know everything about the situation, about the history, about how we got here. So how do we, particularly within a group, make sure that people have enough that they're able to, to stay in that place of, of regulation, right? Of being able to, to damp the anxiety that is building from the lack of context, from the lack of understanding enough that we can work usefully together. And I think that's actually uh, usually a um, uh, one of those uh, barometers that you can kind of use in a group. 
to have we provided enough context or have we provided too little? Have we provided, you know, where are people? Um, what's that sense of, uh, of we don't understand what's going on and noticing that that's not going to be evenly distributed, right. even if even if all of the people um, have the same history and have the same information because they have different set points in terms of what they want in terms of context. Right. Yeah. And, and like you, I tend to be a high context person. So I very generously share lots of context with the people around me. Very kind of you. Not, <laughs> who may not appreciate it. I'm thinking of a, a particular example in the car with my partner. He's driving and and I say, oh, there's this shop down over here and it would be nice to go by, but they might not be open, but I just like to drive by it. And he's like, which way do you want me to turn? Right. <laughs> just tell me the turn. <laughs> we can find out why later. I just need to know where I'm turning. And and I think that's that example of the mismatch that mm -hmm. we're pointing to of I didn't want to just give him an order that he would take out of context. He didn't care. He just right. wanted to know where I wanted to go. He's happy to drive wherever I wanted. Um, and I think we do that in groups all the time of misunderstanding how much context is desired. And so as you said at the very beginning, it is this balancing act of mm -hmm. how much context do we need mm -hmm. and how much is too much? Mm -hmm. And also which context, which pieces do we need? I think of a group that was working on getting a bank loan and and they really they needed that bank loan, they needed it now. And the bank at the last minute said, oh, we need everybody to sign this extra document. And so the group had to say, yes, we're all gonna sign this extra document. And there were people who didn't wanna sign it for, for good reasons, they had good reasons. And they were looking at, do, do we or don't we wanna sign the document? When in fact, what they needed to know was the context is we sign the documents or the project goes over budget. Like we lose the, we sign the documents or we lose the bank loan. The mm -hmm. end. If we lose the bank loan, it means these bad things. So yes, you have a choice to sign the document or not. And the context around it makes it actually, it, it's not about the document. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's about what we've got offered. Yeah. And so one of the things that that points to is that when we're thinking about information, we need to be thinking about the relevance of that information. Uh, it's, is, are we providing, given what we are asking people to do or what people need to do or like what's going on in the context, what relevant information do people need in order to make the decisions that they need to make to engage in the ways that they need to make? So going back to the driving example is is hysterical to me because I do the same thing. <laughs> I, I have a super great need for context, but not when I'm driving. When I'm driving, I need to know, do I need to turn left here or not? Like, I, I, and so it's not relevant. I trust you that there is a reason why you would ask me to turn left. I can't sort through that in the moment. The relevant thing is turn here or not. Um, mm. And so part of it is the when we're asking people to do a thing, what is relevant to them? What is relevant to the thing that they need? So and get then to your bank loan example, right? The relevant thing is if you choose not to sign it, you're signing up for we're going over budget. Right. That's actually what what the relevant like if, and if you don't have that information, then that changes the decision. And so I think when we talk about the like, how did we get here when we're explaining how we got here, we need to explain the things that are relevant to here and now. Yeah. And, and 
obviously the more that we're able to sort of lay the groundwork for that in a group, um, this is the idea that, you know, people, uh, people don't uh, hear things until they hear them seven times, seven ways, right? There, there are important things that we just need to keep reiterating, but it's really about are we providing people with the relevant information at the right time? Mm -hmm. Because if you tell me about, you know, something that's greatly important to what's going on in, in the community and the work and the project that we're doing, but it's not relevant to what I'm working on right then, there's a very good chance that my brain is going to filter it out. And then later you're going to say, well, I told you about that last week, right? And I'm like, I'm sure you did, but it was not relevant to what I was doing at that time. So I think there's partly the, when we want to share information, we want to be clear about the relevance of the information that we're sharing. Um, and I think it, it can also be useful when we're receiving information to ask about the relevance, like, because it may be that it connects exactly to something that you're doing right now or going to be doing, and you just don't see the connection. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the way that we say it matters too. And again, mm -hmm. this isn't a, there's one right way, but it's a thing to think about because humans work really well in stories. Mm -hmm. And so if, if we give the context, you know, when I've been in a thing and in the, the bank loan example, the, the finance team who'd worked on that, like they got all of the relevance. They had it. They knew it. It was just solid for them. And they were so frustrated that people were pushing back on whether or not to sign this document. Like that was really hard for them. And, and so what they wanted to do was go flood everybody with like everything about the bank loan and all mm -hmm. the details and all of the thing about that. And what actually was effective in that case was to connect it to the long term story. So to go in and say, here's the story of our project. We started with this. We did this to get the financing. We did this to get here. We did this to get here. The essential piece from where we are now is, and, and it wasn't the like 10,000 word version of the story. It was the hundred word version of the story, but it was connecting. You know, we go, went back far enough to connect with a story that was familiar and comfortable and, and a mental framework they all had. Mm-hmm and placed that thing both for its relevance, but also how it fit with the pieces that they did have solidly mm -hmm. so that they could integrate it and go, oh, that's where we are. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's drawing the line between, if I have this information, I have the context, right? Right. But I started from a place of not having it. So I need to clearly and coherently connect back to where I started and how I got here and then draw that line as cleanly, as clearly and succinctly as I can for other people to bring them along in that story. To your point, the hundred word version of the story, not the 10,000 word version of the story. But, but that's what it's about doing because it's about connecting back to the place of when did I not know this? When did I not have this context? Because that's what helps bring other people along is thinking about how did I get here? How did I? But but then being a guide along that path and kind of it's almost the um, over here on the left, we see the Statue of Liberty here over here on the right. We can see right. You're moving through it pretty quickly. Um, you're not belaboring the point. And I think the other thing around that um, is letting people pull the information they need rather than pushing information onto them. 
Um, the information flows effectively when, when this is kind of the other side, when people recognize they don't have the context they need. Mm -hmm. Creating space around those stories for people to get curious about the pieces you might have accidentally omitted. Or, and so it's creating space for things like, so I've, I've laid all of this out. Here's how, you know, how we've gotten here. What questions do people have around this? And that's where I might be asking, so how does this relate to what do I need to do tomorrow? Right. right? And not noticing. So, so creating a space for people to pull the information to them mm -hmm. based on their relevance filters, based on what they're doing, rather than just trying to push everything at them or not giving them anything. Yeah, and I think the push energy, for me, where that shows up is if I'm trying to convince them. Right. Right. If I show up trying to make a case, mm -hmm. now I'm pushing stuff at people. Mm -hmm. Context is more about creating this nice environment where they can feel at home and comfortable mm. and come to their own conclusions. So we're mm -hmm. offering this cozy decision-making space mm -hmm. that's equipped. Right. It's it's got yeah. the information that we need in an accessible way and it's brought them along mm -hmm. to how did we get here? And the other thing I want to say about storytelling for context is you want to link it to the things that matter, to the values, to the overall goal, to the like, how does this fit? We know we wanted to get from A to B. How is this thing we're doing now on that path? Yeah. What's that road that that connects this thing both to where we've been and to where we're going so that we really have a sense of what are the impact, like what choices got us here? What choices do we not have anymore? Cause we already made them like all that sort of historical stuff that gets us here so that we don't rail against that past stuff that can't, we can't change it. It's done. And also that vision of where we're going. So the, the past and future context, I think, is helpful. Yeah, the word you used in there that I latched onto is equipped, right? How do we equip people for the journey, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so that's actually, I think, uh, uh, it's like you almost, I'm going to explore the metaphor just slightly, right? It's almost like asking them what they would need, right? If they were going to go shopping, what are the things that they would need in order to make this journey? in order to continue to this next stage of the journey that maybe they haven't been with you on, but letting them pull, like you're painting a picture of where it is you're trying to go and you're connecting it to the past, but you're also creating an opportunity for them to say, here's what I would need in order to be able to travel along this. Here's what I need to know. I I'm unclear about this. Can you tell me more about that? That's actually one of my favorite uh, places that we can get to is when someone says, tell me more about that, because that actually is a clue that you're, you've started to provide enough useful stuff that they want to know more. When their curiosity gets engaged, that means you're on the right path and they're going to tell you where to keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like where we're going is we started with this idea of context is essential. How did we get here? We need to know that and we need it to be not too much and not too little. We need it to relate to what we already, what the group already knows. We need it to connect to the knowledge that they already have. We need it to connect to the history of where we've been, the goal for where we're going and the values of the group. And, and we need it to be relational in nature. We need there to be that give and take so that I'm creating a space where people have what they need and 
I use their input to help with that um, so that I'm being responsive to what the group is and to where the group's curiosity is and getting a little bit out of my own head. So I'm not just supplying what I would need in terms of context, but that I'm actually engaging with some curiosity and empathy so that I can supply the context that others need, which may be very different than what I would need in their chair. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us for today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig, and this has been Employing Differences.